talk flirty to me. What? Sing? No, just hey. Hey. Like, we're starting. (laughs) Oh, man. We already have a lot of outtakes on this episode, and we haven't even begun. (laughs) Let's just get into it. (laughs) Okay. So we're in our new uh, studio in our basement bar area. We have this... uh, house that has like this old field stone foundation and i kind of turned it into a speakeasy with pinball machines and a wet bar and stuff and we'll yep. maybe post a picture online or whatever and we have a giant um furnace that heats the house that's from 1870 and it still works so hopefully it won't click on while we're recording because it is loud yeah. if it does otherwise this is a good place to record because you have like brick and you have a lot of wood to absorb sound and i don't know anything about sound but i assume that that's better than a room with a lot of echoes yeah, well, I think we'll we'll find out. And um, but being next to the wet bar means I'm more tempted to drink while we do this. I mean, you do have. Oh God, that sound! Uh, you gotta get oxygen. Yeah, <laughs> he has a <laughs> nice little pour of scotch happening there beside him. Yep, Cow Isla. Cow Isla. C A O L. Oh. Space. Oh, okay. Isla. Not like cow. No. That you milk from. No, that would be that'd a different be, kind of scotch. That'd be weird. Milk scotch. That's like something that Lebowski <laughs> would drink. Hey, the dude abides. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, if you're listening to this, let us know if uh, the sound is okay in our new space. Because as anyone knows, it, it takes a little while to sort of settle into a new Mm-hmm. Like like I said, I, I'm typically the one who does the sound editing and stuff. So yeah. I show up, I speak, and I drink. Yeah. In that order, usually. Yep. Yeah. Well, sometimes <laughs> you, you drink, then speak. If you drank, then spoke, and then showed up, that would be pretty useless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So today. Today. Well, actually, uh, we're like coming up on Valentine's Day, first of all. I did not get you anything yet. I didn't get you anything either. We're not big on High gifts. High five. No. It's <laughs> <laughs> not that we don't care. Eh. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> we just were both pretty hard to shop for. You buy everything you want all year round. I like mean... Like shoes show up, stuff. I buy art supplies. I mean, it's not like... I just don't like waiting for things. I just, I just order it. When we have a holiday, usually we'll just treat ourselves to a night out. Yeah, that's... usually we'll just go to dinner. Yeah. Um, not a bad problem to have, but... No, it's not a problem at all. It's just... Even, like, I was thinking about it because I'm, I'm in rehearsal now for Camelot. And the director... Camelot. Camelot. Is that a it is. A, it is a song. What was the one I was singing to you about Lancelot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you sing it, not me. Lancelot. He's so hot. He's so hot. Oh man, I hope the guy who plays Lancelot doesn't listen to this. I hope not. We're hoping Lancelot. We don't think you're hot. It's just (laughs) Sean only knows a few rhymes. I know that from the book, Lancelot is supposed to be. He's dreamy. Quite fetching. He's a dreamboat, Mm -hmm. and Guinevere can't help but. That's right. Keep her hands off him. That's right. I mean, have you seen Richard Gere? Hello. Oh, that's the one you're going with. That's okay. the first night. I was going reference. with like Richard Burton and Robert oh, no. Goulet. That's an even deeper. The original that's Julie deep, Andrews. That's a deep cut. That is a deep cut. So would you say that old uh, Broadway stuff is uh, your nerd? Yes. We had a whole podcast about this and you said know. it wasn't good enough. <laughs> still, yeah, I'm going to revert. Yeah, I'm going to back that up still. I must, have, I must have had a reason when no, I No, we it. were out with friends, and they wholeheartedly agreed with me that, like, my level of fandom for old classic Broadway is <laughs> nerd-worthy. 
Uh-huh. They they were like, no, Sean's wrong. That's definitely geeky. This is Jeff, who I pay to help me on my site, right? Yep. I need a new assistant. Nope. Then. He he agrees with me. Well, I win. Because his wife listens to this, and he doesn't. Yeah. So, Deb, if you're listening to this. <laughs> hey, Deb. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Deb, one of our 10 <laughs> listeners. <laughs> oh, man. So, anyway, I totally forgot that it was even Valentine's Day next week until our director was like, I'm giving everyone Thursday night off mm-hmm. for for Valentine's Day. Go be lovebirds and have yep. fun. And I was like, oh, yeah. shit, it's Valentine's Day. But we also both forgot our anniversary a couple of years ago, if you recall. Yeah. It was like 5 p.m. on our anniversary. Which date it is. It's like 5 p.m. on our anniversary. And we like looked at each other and I was like, oh, shit. It's like our two year, two year anniversary. (laughs) You were like, oh. (laughs) Wait, we've been married for two years? No, this was like a few years ago that we both forgot our anniversary. How long have we been married? Six. Six years? (laughs) Yes. Wow. 2012. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's now 2018. (laughs) Wow. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I suppose I should know this. Well, I mean, I had to. Someone asked me recently, and I had to do the math. You know, you know for me, like the easiest day to remember, and this is really dark, is we met right after nine yeah. eleven. Yeah. We met on nine twelve two thousand two thousand one, and it's a date you'll never forget. Obviously, so that's the date I always think of as like. And strangely, we actually celebrate that as an anniversary more than we celebrate our wedding anniversary like usually yeah. we go away to our favorite little bed and breakfast on that whatever that weekend is right and um yeah like typically yeah. that's our yeah that's our go-to for celebration it's yeah i mean it's easier because the news always does a thing on 9-11 and i'm always like oh that's when we met and oh, we generally God. got married <laughs> it's the news that makes you remember Yikes. well you can't forget a date like that it's true so it's true I don't know. When we got married, like, in November, I think, or just October? October. Okay, October. <laughs> anyway, it's all about the well, same. <laughs> Fall is when we got... We, we chose October, too, because of all of our friends who were, like, coming to the East Coast for Comic-Con. Oh, yeah. Super and, romantic. <laughs> and we were like, well, this might be easy for people. They come and then, like... They come for our wedding, and then the next weekend is Comic-Con. They can just right. sort of make this one big trip. And we had some international guests, and I yep. knew, like, well, if you're coming from Ireland, exactly, France, exactly. Well. And, like, so so we did it very intentionally without quite thinking about the future and how this now means that mm-hmm. basically our anniversary falls on Comic-Con every year, and yeah. every year we're basically apart or you're working or it's right. just, like, we don't celebrate our wedding anniversary yeah. now. The fall is the worst time it's the busiest time for busiest, me, yeah. and it seems to be for you as well. Yeah, because of New York Comic Con, which is huge. Yeah, um, all the international s- shows are also in October. Yeah, all the invites. Hey, do you want to come to Dubai? Hey, do you want to come to France? All right, sure. When is it? October. Yeah, We're all in every October. single one. November. It's like great. <laughs> I uh, mean, again, this is not something to really complain about. No, <laughs> but it, like it is. It does all fall in one month. I would kill for like. Do you want to come to you know Alaska? Sure. When is it? Like June. Yeah, exactly. All right. Thank you. Um, and also October is your birthday. It's my dad's birthday. It's Halloween. It's Halloween, which it's is the like best our ho- favorite holiday ever, especially in New England. Um, like you just don't want to leave. In yeah, October. and just October is so beautiful in Maine that yeah. like the last thing you want to do is leave. Yeah. When you know like that that just means I'll be back for fucking awful November, which right. is going to be. 10 degrees right um so yeah it's we we made that choice very consciously when we got married and i think very quickly learned like shit yeah. <laughs> like we're never gonna spend a, if, an anniversary together if we had to choose when <laughs> when we got married just for our own happiness like forget the practicality 
of mm. throwing it in October. Like, when would you have wanted I to? I still think October because it's our October. favorite month. Like, that was the other reason behind it. It wasn't yeah. just the practicality, but it was like we – it's like our, our most romantic month. Like, we right. love going for walks when it's like turning crisp and it's – yeah. The leaves falling, it's so beautiful. Those are all colors that we love, mm-hmm. like the oranges and the reds. Oh, yeah. yeah. I Like, I still think October would have been it. It still would have been it, yeah. But it's just such a shame. Damn you, comics, for uh, always <laughs> crowding my schedule in the fall. <laughs> I shake my fist at you, comics. But not really. <laughs> yeah, comics that paid for these microphones. <laughs> seller. Well, this is a good uh, little segue, a segu if you will. I'm sorry, what? Sagu? <laughs> that's how you spell it. Sagu. Segway. That's, that's not a thing. It's not a thing. <laughs> um, because today we're talking about part two of how to turn your passion into your career. Which... Take your passion. Da, 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 da. Who sings that? Make it happen. I only know that it's from Flashdance. I don't remember who sings Song it. Song by Flashdance. Yeah. Great. Nope, not really. But it's a thing. <laughs> also, I totally got you recording that earlier, too. Oh, so this is my second. Yeah. Okay. It's well, great. No, I love it. Cut one of them out. No, they're both going in. Save the good one. I'm going to make it our new like uh, theme song. <laughs> it's that just... karaoke song I did once, and I got... It starts off easy, but then I got it way oh, over my head. Oh, it's the one that goes really high. <laughs> the worst it's one to do. like... Uh, take on me. Yeah. Right? Because it gets really high. It's like, take me up. <laughs> you just have to go for it. Yeah. That it was starts off rough. normal and then it goes into crazy places. It's, you have to like, you have to, get, yeah, you yeah. have to like squeeze your nuts to hit those notes. Yeah. Well, it's hard being a dude and trying to karaoke because you want to pick something kind, Is of, it kind hard? of manly, a little bit, uh-huh, <laughs> a little bit artistic and fun. You don't want to go Johnny Cash because no one has that register. And you're, oh, that's no true. One, Johnny no Cash is just as hard. No one's manly enough. Most of us aren't manly enough to be you know, Johnny Cash. You don't want to go too high. Mur, mur, sound, mur, like, mur, too high-pitched mur. and weird. So you want to go middle of the road. I don't know. Rap is probably the best bet if you can do some Beastie Boys or whatever. Hmm. I would not have thought that. Yeah, because you don't really have okay. to sing. Sorry, I will rappers. say, even as a, someone who can sing. I'm sorry. Are you like a you know professional in this area in any kind of way? <laughs> Tell me about performance. I, no, I'm just saying, as <laughs> someone who can sing, I actually really hate karaoke at right. times. I love it and I hate it because you get up there and people kind of expect you to be good. Right. And no one's good at karaoke. Like, it's it's right. really freaking difficult. Well, and like you, you have a group come in who are performers in some way and they decide to karaoke. It's like they hog the whole thing. They hog the night. Yeah. And they are usually, like, doing serious songs because yeah. they want to, like, show off their voice. I know. And I kind of get up there and I'm just right. like... I, I don't sing well when I karaoke, but that's when it's most fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think <laughs> but bad karaoke is better. It's way better. Yeah. Everyone wants to just go up there and sing a weird rendition of When I Think About You, I Touch Myself. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't imagine those words would happen during this podcast. <laughs> I don't know why you didn't imagine that. <laughs> right. We we take things everywhere. Um, <laughs> So anyway, a topic. Let's taking get back on your passion and you talk, making I'm gonna it. grab a bottle and refill my drink. Your drink is plenty full. It's gonna be evaporate as we get into it. It evaporates into your belly. <laughs> my face. <laughs> to your face. Keep talking. Uh, yeah. So take your passion and making it into career. Last time, whoa, that's a big pour. It's not. It's like, <laughs> it's like two fingers worth. Go ahead, take mm. a sex joke. Yeah. <laughs> eh, he knows me well. Um. <laughs> Last time we talked about this, we had part one of Take oh, a Passion. Oh, that is a lot. You're right. I told, it's a big pour, man. Where I was sitting, it seemed like it was less. Uh-huh. 
when <laughs> I was sitting next to my arm to port it. <laughs> no, I couldn't see. Oh, man. We're go never going to get through this episode. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, the first ver- first part of Take Your Passion, Make It Into a Career, we talked all about motivation and how that is like a very big key component into surviving mm-hmm. any new burgeoning career. Right. Um, so today we're going to talk – well, and this is one of the things like we're very – different Mm. in because I look at smaller like micro steps and like various things you can do to get to a point of success or or doing this every day as your career right and you always tend to be more of a big picture guy which was why motivation was such like the topic you were really interested in because that Mm -hmm. is more of a general giant like take a step back look at the motivation side of it yeah um but is motivation enough no I, I mean, I, I think it's a big, big part of it. Yeah. I don't think it's enough. It's actually funny. Mm. I'm going to quote Oprah, but I also i am going to call bullshit on Oprah. Okay. <laughs> so Oprah popul- um, popularized the phrase, do what you love and the money will follow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's I not, don't, not always true. I don't <clears throat> believe that. Um, and maybe I'm a little jaded and maybe I'm a little cynical, but... I, you know, I wish I could believe that the universe will just give you bounty and plentiful mm-hmm. things. Yeah, for I love cocaine. Following love. <laughs> Money does not follow. <laughs> True. Checkmate, True. Oprah. <laughs> Bam. I should have a TV show. <laughs> and oh, a magazine. My old face. And a book club. And <laughs> my old face. Weird. Wasn't her magazine called O? Oh, yeah. It oh, is. Yeah. I think it's still, is her magazine still happening? I thought it was. Um, so anyway, I understand. I know what she means. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I, I, I. And I'm not gonna nitpick Oprah. I it like. Me killed. I like the, <laughs> the Oprah Mafia. Um, <laughs> I like the, the positiveness that that statement is. Yep. And, I like the camaraderie that maybe it it brings in people and the motivation as we talked about last episode. But right. it's, that it that is just it doesn't come down to just do what you love and money will come of course not there are so many more steps involved well, and I think we all know that it's more complicated like that's a good first step but i think the reality of that phrase is um do what find what you love and find a realistic way to approach it and do a lot of research and be ready to sacrifice yeah research and is key if there is money behind this idea in the first place hopefully you will find a way and to get it. i do believe that even if there's not currently a niche in the market to make money with something that you're passionate about, I think there is a way to find a way to make money. Like in mm-hmm. some ways, if there's not a market for it yet, your world is bigger than any of ours because right. you, if you can be the one to carve that path, right? God, like go the, do it, man. You're like, going to like kill. Like the idea I have for Conversation Hog. Exactly. Which <laughs> if you haven't heard <laughs> of Sean's ad for Conversation <laughs> Hog, Jesus Christ, I don't know. Uh, make yeah. a logo and just sell it on an app store and just I don't know. And what like <laughs> scam people? Are you going to be the next fire festival? <laughs> oh, man, uh, that was great. You know what? That would be a good podcast. Yeah. Next time we record, let's use our business brain and acknowledge exactly. Talk Try about to where dissect this went wrong. where this went wrong. It yeah. went wrong with the birth of that dude. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Sorry for people listening who might be friends with him. Who are still stuck mm, on the island. Kind of not sorry. And yeah. <laughs> um, so I think like a big part of it is understanding that having passion is not enough. Right. Like. Yeah. You... I, I get that. People come up 
and they say i want to draw comics um i remember one time this woman was like you got to see my husband's stuff you got to see his stuff so i was like okay and i look at it and it is eighth grade art it's not good and she is gung-ho because she's a great wife and she loves him and you could tell he was sort of like okay i showed up i I talked to the pro Mm. like he was he likes to draw but he wasn't like gunning for it like she was right and i i've met people in that situation where they love it but they're at a certain age and the ability isn't quite there and the hard truth is that you might not be meant for this and it's always it's always tricky yeah but i also i mean (laughs) excuse me not to get a little like too woo woo on everyone but like even if even if you're never gonna be yeah jim lee or you're never gonna be i don't know who else is i don't know comic that's the only <laughs> artist you know, i know except for me <laughs> no that's not true i know greg capullo there you go you'll never be greg capullo like even if you're not ever gonna hit that point uh-huh. having dreams and drive is such a part of what makes us right special and human and I don't want to live in a world where people don't have passion. So I think, yes, be realistic, but also like dream big, but live practically kind of would be my advice is like, let your dreams be big and try to find the steps to make that happen. Even if you don't necessarily reach that pinnacle, but like, I wouldn't want to be married to someone who didn't have a a dream, whether that dream was that like, uh, like that if he had a, a workshop and he wanted to like build furniture on the side, like that's, mm-hmm. that's a passion. That's a hobby. That's right. maybe it's not going to be a career. Not everything's going to be a career for everybody. Right. Well, um, that's the question though. Your passion, is it enough to take you into the hobby territory or is it enough to, or are you going to be so good at it that you can make it a career? Right. It's being good at something and making a hobby out of it is one thing, but yes. doing it as a career and shifting, making money, like that's a, a lot more to that obviously. yes and i guess we are here to talk specifically about the people who are looking to make it into a career right um versus those who are hobbyists who just do something out of the love and the passion so those right. are two very different things but i don't want to discount the side of it that is a hobby like yeah. if it is just hobby and your passion and fun like i've given up that sounds really terrible i've but i have like i'm i'm no longer striving to be a professional actress on broadway or in movie like it's just but i Mm -hmm. still do it for fun it it feeds my soul in a way that writing doesn't but i felt like this isn't this podcast what about business stuff (laughs) yeah no i know business well i know i told you i was getting woo woo for a second so i'm done being all All right if you have a passion on you there's a good chance you can make it a hobby but if you're serious then stay continue to listen (laughs) And people who are happy with their hobby, turn your radio off right now. <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to get to the nuts and bolts of actually paying your bills, doing whatever it is that you love to do. Yes. So I would say that maybe one of the the first things, and you can do the the first two things in um, like in with each other, like in congruence with each other, mm-hmm. is you want to immerse yourself in research obviously you want to learn about your craft and never stop learning like you and i both still read right all the books on writing i will reread books like i started rereading the comic toolbox recently i started Mm -hmm. um listening to um screenplay on the audiobook again like it's just i will continuously keep learning yep and in fact if you want to turn your hobby into a career and you have a hard time researching it if you're not interested in researching that's probably a flag that you should not be taking this to 
you should try to probably aren't designed to make this into your career. Like if you want to be a writer and you hate reading books about writing, you might not have what it takes to be a professional writer. Well, I don't. I wouldn't go that far. Yeah. I think that there are other ways to learn writing. Right. You don't have to read screenplay. Right. You don't have to read. Um, but if you want to be a, a movie writer and you are not willing to move to Hollywood, probably one strike against you. If you're not willing to look read books on screenplay, probably another strike against you. If you don't see a lot of movies, probably a strike against you. If you want to maximize your chances, you should be doing all of those things and probably very willingly. You should enjoy it. Right. That's what makes a professional. But I, I also think like there are some people who like they don't, they don't absorb information by reading books. Or and so like, to... yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, yeah. it's not, there's not one, one right. way solely. Like you right. can listen to the audiobooks. <laughs> Excuse me. You can, um, you can even just watch movies and dissect why they're good and why they're not. And right. look at like the reviews of movies right. and read the scripts for the movie. Like there's, there's a lot of paths to take to learn. Right. And it doesn't, like the way I learn is I read books about craft, but right. I also recognize that's not for everybody. But I, I like podcasts fine, you know. Yeah, podcasts talk, are great. Yeah, it should, you should be happy to consume information to make you better. Yeah, and it should excite you. It should excite like, you. Like if this is if your it passion. It feels like a chore to like listen to podcasts. It feels like a chore to read about screenplay and three-act structure. Then that's probably not a good sign. Well, see, this is where you and I are very different. Oh, so the stop thing being is, so positive, no, I'm just the truth is hurt. Truth hurts. No, like <laughs> the, <laughs> I think in any time you own a business, there are going to be facets of that business that you don't like, mm-hmm. and that's just that's any job. Seventy percent of Americans hate their jobs. By the way, like seventy percent of people hate where, the career that they're in. Sorry, where did you get that number? I don't know. Okay, it was it was on it was actually I do know it was on a Forbes article that I read. Oh, Forbes. Mm. I don't know where they got that statistic, but according to Forbes, seventy <laughs> yeah. percent okay. of Americans hate their jobs. Hate their jobs. Okay. Um. Not unhappy with their job. Well, they fucking, hate. Fucking don't. It might be unhappy with. Do you want me to look it up? No, I'll look no, it no. up. I'm a science-based person. It. I'm just curious. When it gets into data. Oh I'm my like, god, curious. you guys! This is what I live with. <laughs> He's giving I don't need me to hear such. It. I believe it. Hey, you know what? That, sounds, that sounds plausible. That sounds plausible. I'll just find keep going. it. No, I don't. I don't no, care so okay, it's um yeah, seventy percent of employees hate their jobs, and there's a link to it. Yep, Forbes. Seventy percent of employees hate their jobs. Okay, I don't know. All right, don't blame me. <laughs> blame Forbes. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't know what I was saying. Oh, so the the idea that you're gonna love every single facet of owning your business that is your passion, I think right. is unrealistic. <laughs> but you still do it because the end product is what yeah. you love. You love so, it enough that you can get over the humps. Yeah, so enough. like you might hate marketing. You've still got to do it. It's, right. it's just how it is. But, but you don't have to love it. And not loving it doesn't mean that you don't deserve right. to be or that you should just quit. So when I, when I teach, I use this analogy of a poker hand. And I'll say you want to get the best hand you can. So you have five cards. You want to make every card an ace. If you can, and I'm I, obviously there's only four aces in the deck, but you can actually improve. It's like for comics, it was like artistic ability. You can improve your artistic ability. That's one of your five cards. The next card is like business acumen. You can get better at that. The next yeah. card is networking, which you can actually improve. You can networking. get better. You can get better yeah. at literally everything. And I think one one of the cards is just luck, which you can't even. Mm, yeah. Okay. But if if, <laughs> if you want to give yourself the best poker hand possible. You need to focus on each of the cards and try to make it the best card you can. If you can't, if you want to be a writer and screenplays and you can't live in Hollywood, fine. 
but you need to improve your other cards as much as you can. And every time you decide not to improve one of your five poker cards, you have to acknowledge, well, I'm decreasing my chances. Yeah, and that's fine, but that's not what you initially said. Well, so like, wait, yeah, so that's that's yeah. a very different statement. So to, to touch on what I said, you don't have to love researching, mm -hmm. but if you do enjoy reading about writing and challenging yourself, that's much better. That's a good sign. It is better, but also you don't have to love it but you should still do it. Exactly. Like you find a way to power through it and find a way to do that research right. that fits your learning style. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's yeah. all. Yeah, so now we're saying the same thing. We're on the same page. I feel like I've been pretty consistent. You made a statement earlier <laughs> that you said like, if you don't love this, maybe you're it's in the wrong career. It's probably a bad sign. You might be in the wrong. No, I, I hedged <laughs> it with words like maybe and probably. I'm just saying <laughs> that, that, and that statement was what I disagreed ah, with. I should run but we're, <laughs> but we, I agree with the way you've, Revised it. <laughs> it's nice to get a word in. Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Do you have things you want to talk about right now? Go for it. <laughs> no. I will find them in the bottom of this class. Keep talking. <laughs> uh, the next thing I think, and this does also go hand in hand with research, is you need to know and understand what the demand is for the thing that you're creating or whatever right. you're doing. Understand the market. Understand the market. It. Know the demand. Know the competition. Right. Know what right. people in your industry are charging. Totally. So this is what drives me crazy about comic book people. <laughs> I know you always love when I start a first Oh, boy, guys, I'm, I'm leaning back in my chair. <laughs> You're hitting the mute button. Uh, I've dedicated my whole life to comics. Awesome. I love drawing Batman. Da, 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 da. Awesome. I have the perfect studio. Da, da, da. I go to conventions. Awesome. So um, how many issues did your last book sell? I have no idea. How did your publisher promote it? I'm not really sure. They don't keep me in on those conversations. Um, what is Marvel and DC? What's the overhead for a comic book shop based on a Marvel DC book rather than a Dark Horse book? I have no idea. How many units do you need to sell to break even? I have no idea. They don't know. Like there's a breakdown of understanding the process th to the end. Mm -hmm. They understand the process as far as like meeting a writer, getting a script, drawing it, handing it to your editor. That's generally where most comic creators stop at their understanding of the process. They don't know how comic shops work, how the order forms work, what the final order cutoff date, the FOC date is, except the ones who were really good know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Like Scott Snyder, Tom King, the people we mentioned, they definitely know what those things are. Most creators really can't be bothered with it because they're more into the creative aspect and not following through to the business yeah. aspect. And that stuff is hard to learn. It is. It's not for everybody. Yeah. And this is what sort of leads a lot of artists to get steamrolled is because they don't understand. They under. It's like a assembly line. They understand the first part of the assembly line. Like I know how to like I work at Ford. I'm building Model Ts. I know where the metal comes from. I know how to do all the shocks. And halfway through, the body starts. And then it's in a different part of the factory. I have no idea how the body gets together and how it gets into the hands of customers is what they're saying. Of course, we move on to car analogies. Like, you know what? I'm all about a car analogy. <laughs> it's like, I love Ford. I do everything. I work at the factory. There isn't anything I don't know about Fords. I want to do my job best I can. Great. How do the Fords get from the factory to the dealers into the customer's hands? Uh, I have no idea. And that's what kills me is a lot of creators aren't even curious about that stuff, mm -hmm. which doesn't help. And no. if you're not interested, you don't have to know this to be successful. I know a lot of guys and girls at the top who don't know this stuff and who have a great career, but I find it fascinating. Like I want to know all the answers to be like a one-stop shop and a do-it-yourselfer. Mm -hmm. End of rant. <laughs> you may lean forward. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So... <laughs> On that note, yeah, yes, you are. You're right, and like that's not the fun part of owning a business. No, um, and I am not a numbers-brained person. Like numbers are tough for me. Yeah, 
but again, it's kind of like the research stage is like you've got to do it or you've got to get to a point that you can afford someone who can help right. you and do it for you. That's a good point. Like knowing who to listen to. For example, I don't know a lot about social media marketing, but I know you do. Yeah. And what you you seem to be more <laughs> interested in that than you are in writing sometimes. You love the psychology of marketing. I love psychology of marketing. I also love writing. Of course. Sorry, I didn't mean to overstate that part. But when we were at a bar and you start talking about this, I love challenging you and hearing what you think because I get to absorb this information without having to do the work, basically. (laughs) So when I have a business decision to make, like when I talked to you this morning, I can run it by you and I trust you. I know what you're doing. If Mm -hmm. you're a good person for me to rely on, obviously, because we're married (laughs) and I sit next to you, (laughs) I'm kind of in it. You're in it it to win it, buddy. Yeah, both legs in the pants (laughs) at the same time. Um, Knowing knowing who to trust. Knowing who to trust, knowing who to listen to, but also like knowing what your so the value of your time yeah and knowing when you hit a certain point in your career and this is sometimes later in the career side of it but knowing like for you sean you can spend eight hours a day drawing mm-hmm. and you know you can make x amount that day that if you do that yep. and we like i don't know what's an example like taxes it's tax season yeah and you could take off five days mm-hmm. and do our taxes Right. Or the cost of paying our tax guy, Ernie, mm-hmm. actually saves you money yeah. because you can now work those five days and more than pay for what his yeah. fee is. Yeah. And it's like knowing that and sort of when you're in the red, when you're in the green, when you're in the black. like, right. And being very aware of those numbers and those monthly numbers right. and the goals and understanding net versus, yeah. um, you know, gross or like exactly. cost of opportunity exactly. or all that stuff. And yeah. like understanding a return on investment for, you know, right. an advertising cost, but also the difference between an, a return on a return on investment and also knowing the difference between an exposure growth. Right. Because sometimes they say you have to expose your brand, your product, yourself, Mm-hmm. seven times to someone before they will hit purchase is the average that's yeah that's that's deeper than what i'm aware of but that sounds but yeah. but and again it's like <laughs> not everyone is, it should be expected to know this but yeah you will hit a, a point in your career those of you who are are really focusing on this that it will be time to sort of fish or cut bait like it's time for either you to immerse yourself and learn this and save the cost of mm-hmm. hiring someone or figuring out how yeah. to pay for that person. Right. But this to me, I, I think all of this stuff is fascinating because I call this like side door thinking or the back door thinking. Or the window, like the going window. in through the window, not the door. Yeah. yeah. Like the, the company is going to show you the front door and they're going to make you stand in line and go through the hoops to get through the front door. But I want to know what the company knows. I want to yeah. go through the back door, through the side door. And I will say the front door for me, oh, this is... I know, I know. I, Can we have another analogy? Just cross over it, I know. Just cross <laughs> over it. Okay. Um, <laughs> Yikes. So traditional, I'll say traditional marketing tactics have never really worked for me. Traditional sales methods never worked for me. And I always had to get scrappy. I always had to hustle. And eventually I just had to trust my instincts and know that most people can't sell on Instagram, let's say, which a lot of people can, but like just for the sake of this argument or this discussion. But I figured out a way that I can. 
And it's not a way that any of my publishers would ever put money into themselves. Yeah. But I have made it work because I got really scrappy about it. Yeah. I, I went to a convention, like I think it was two years ago, and I had a bunch of T-shirts printed with like a funny quote from my book. Mm-hmm. And it was it's a BDSM book. And in the book, one of the characters um, makes a joke that BDSM must stand for burritos, Doritos, uh, Snickers and M&Ms or something like that because she's like a junk food junkie. Right. And so I put that on the back of a shirt, like BDSM, Burritos, Doritos, Snickers, and m M&M, and like gave it out to 20 mm-hmm. people for free. And right. I was just like, could you wear this on the day of the signing? Mm-hmm. Like you get a free t-shirt, yeah. but all I'm asking is Saturday, yep. you wear this around. And you're part of an inside club. Like you're on the ground floor. You, this is, <laughs> no, that's what's so appealing is people are going to be like, oh my God, I've seen 10 people wearing these. Like, where'd you get those Well, shirts? and that's exactly what happened. So what happened was people yeah. saw these shirts and they were like, this Brilliant. is really cute. I love BDSM. I loved yeah. 50 Shades. Where did you get this shirt? And they were like, oh, Katana is, is a, you know, I'm a blogger and I review her stuff and right. her book is so good. She's selling over at table four, 14 or whatever. Yeah. And so it was sort of like grassroots marketing. Mm-hmm. And the kind of thing that, like, my if I had pitched that to my publisher, they would have been like, we're not spending $400 on T-shirts. Yeah. Or it wasn't even 400 But right. they wouldn't have spent $100 on a T-shirt right. for that. Right. Um, but for me, the cost of that versus other authors who paid for the, like, billboard. Like, right. you could pay at this convention to get your book cover, mm-hmm. like, pasted on the elevator. Right. And everyone saw your book cover. And, like, that's great. But right. that's three thousand to five thousand dollars for that ad space yeah my t-shirts cost me i think it was 150 for all of them Mm -hmm. and i more than i made way more than 150 on those book sales no i i call it guerrilla marketing you call it i called it grassroots yeah it's it's the same same thing thing. yeah um yeah so for punk rock jesus i remember um i found out what the budget was that dc was willing to spend and i said let's do trading cards Mm -hmm. and they said what (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, trust me, we'll do. It's so stupid. Like I made my own. I did design the PDF files myself. I, I had those. like, on the back of the card, you have like, Punk Rock <laughs> Jesus's fighting ability, like his psychic ability. It's so <laughs> stupid. It's based off of old like Marvel series one, two, and three cards. Um, like what the characters saying is, or like, did you know? And it's totally a retro throwback. But printing cards is just as cheap as printing a flyer. Mm-hmm. But these cards are collectible now. And then it's a time when no one's doing cards at yep. all. And I had people come up who just were card collectors hmm. who didn't give a shit about me or the book. They just wanted to, you know, yep. own the card. And um, I told some people at DC Comics who worked, at, you know, in the offices and they're like, we don't get it. And I talked to the marketing and they're like, done. It's awesome. Yeah. And then you and I went into the offices and we actually made Punk Rock Jesus cupcakes. We made? You, you, <laughs> I stuck the Punk Rock Jesus flag in there. And can I also say, it's the most inappropriate subject ever to go on top of a cupcake. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, though, you did make the Harley cupcakes when White Knight. That's right. Yeah, you made those. Yeah. Well, we, we made those, but you, like, No, no, no legit, I made them. <laughs> like, you did, you did the fondant decorations for them. Like, yeah. you really... <laughs> <laughs> the punk rock jesus one side man <laughs> yeah. but um it's it's stuff that corporations are so busy that that they don't have time to think about these easy um trendy kind of guerrilla marketing tactics basically. well and it's thinking outside of the box exactly, so yeah. most people who are they have a new book coming out um they create flyers like yep. you said like a four by six or they create a bookmark right and what you did was instead of – you probably spent the same money, yeah. maybe a little more time because you had to design several of them. Right. 
But instead of creating a postcard for your book, you just created trading cards. Right. And it's the same idea with a twist mm-hmm. and collectible, like you said. Like it's it, it it made it so that people picked it up and they were it was unique. Right. And then they pay attention a little more. Yeah. When I make bookmarks, and I almost don't want to tell you guys this because it's my little secret. <laughs> <laughs> when I make bookmarks, because romance authors all you have bookmarks at every table, like every book you have, you have a bookmark for. And whenever I go to a convention, you get tote bags and they're stuffed with just ton of shit, like right. pens and postcards and bookmarks. And like I have, I once counted 250 bookmarks I got at the end of a convention. Mm-hmm. Most of those went into the recycling bin. Right. But what I started doing was taking a really funny phrase and putting it on one side of my bookmark and printing them at slightly higher qualities. Right. So it's like a nice cardstock it's pearlized it's like a pearly paper and on one side it says something along the lines of um i don't i don't let me think um bookmark question Mm -hmm. mark i i call it a quitter strip (laughs) so that was one side of the bookmark and then on the back side it just had my book cover (laughs) and like the people came up to me. I am not kidding. I must have gotten like so many people coming up at the book signing and they were like, oh my God, you're the book, the, the quitter strip. Right. Because they recognized my book cover and they right. were like, it's the only bookmark I saved. Right. And because it's, I, I thought to myself, what does my reader want? Mm-hmm. They don't want another bookmark with another cover splashed onto it. Right. They want something funny, something that they're going to look at and use. Right. It's funny when you said quitter strip, I thought of, landing strip oh <laughs> it's like Jeez. you could have shaved the whole thing but you just quit <laughs> of course you went there this is your brand not mine <laughs> you're my shield quitter strip like <laughs> like anyway I yeah <laughs> um, yeah I, I, this stuff to me is exciting because it's creative it's as it is it's creative. as creative as a twist in your plot absolutely it's like you use the same the same thing in you that says, oh, you know, Act 3, we're going to surprise everybody and reveal this character is alive. No one's going to see it yeah. coming. It's so memorable. That instinct you could totally use. Yeah, I'm hitting the thing. <laughs> that instinct you can totally use for marketing. And this yeah. is where marketing people love this stuff. And I know marketing people are usually underpaid, overworked, and they've been grinded down by the system who wants, like, sure bets. So yeah. when you throw trading cards at them or quitter strips, um, that, that – <laughs> Yeah, no, no, you can't stop Bookmarks. thinking <laughs> <laughs> Whatever they're called. <laughs> and um, they light up because they're like, oh, my God, that's great. This, when I went to school, these are the kinds of ideas that I wanted. To, this is why I wanted to get into marketing. Like, yeah. It freshens them up, too, to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't want to spend the whole time talking about marketing. I can talk about marketing for right. hours, I want literally. to talk about quitter strips. So, <laughs> strips. Um, so I don't want to spend the whole time on marketing because that's not the only so next part subject. of building a, a business or turning your passion into a career. Um, I We really started by saying like, know your market and understand your competition. And I think that goes like, if you're going to be a yoga instructor, mm-hmm. you need to know what people are charging for yoga classes. Like yeah. um, in New York City, you can get away with $15, $20 a class. In Maine, mm-hmm. you're probably looking more at like you $9 a class, you know, $10, maybe 12. Right. Um, and dead air talk amongst yourselves dun, dun, dun. <laughs> can we get some can we song get some elevator music <laughs> <laughs> take your passion dun, uh what else dun, did you have for this well, we were going to talk about motivation 
is it not is a lot sorry so passion is enough to drive your interest and in, you're going to turn your passion into a career but how do you once your career takes off how do you stay in that passion without letting it get old right or well do you want to do that for the next part i i feel like that it might be its own okay. episode because that idea of like how do you keep your passion alive yeah. when you've been doing this day in day out yeah. for years on end yeah um, and I do think that's like a whole other subject. Okay. Um, but just in terms of like taking it from the step of I have a passion, I mm-hmm. want to make it a career. Right. Step one, we talked about finding the motivation. Step two was what research. Yeah. Step three was um, understanding the market. Yep. Understand your market. <clears throat> I think step four is like creating a solid plan and time management and yeah. knowing some people are able to. And fortunate enough that they can like quit their job, whatever their day job is, and immerse themselves into this new career path. Some of you are fortunate enough for that. And some of us had to like chip away at this an hour. Whoops. I just hit the mic. (laughs) Again, what are you doing? I I thought the table was going to tip. I got scared. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) some of us have to had to start by waking up an hour earlier every morning. Yeah. When I first started writing my book, I had a day job. I was working at a TV studio and I worked from, you know, 10 a.m. I was at the office until 6 p.m. And so I would sometimes write in the mornings, but I'm a night owl. So for the most part, I spent 9 p.m. until midnight writing. Mm -hmm. And that's all I had every day. Yeah. Well, those are the, the early part of this is the sacrificing stage. Because if you're shifting from whatever you're doing now to making your passion into your career, you have to go through that phase where you're switching over mm-hmm. and you're making a lot of sacrifice. And realistic late. expectations yeah. of what that means. Yeah. And you don't want to be in that window of uh, working your ass off for no rewards for too long. Like I think there's a point where if you've been working your ass off for 10 years and trying to follow your passion and it's not, it's not working, you need to reassess, obviously, after 10 years. You know, like there's you, your your passion for it should get you through the humps. But if the humps are too long, then something's missing. Or maybe you misunderstood the market. Maybe the market there's no demand for whatever you're trying to sell. Yeah. Or I mean, again, I think that there is always a way to create a demand. And if you have something that you're selling that there isn't really a niche market carved out yet, you're yeah. actually in a better position than a lot of us because there there's not a lot of competition. Well, so. For what you and I do, that's true. Because, like, my experience will hear what you just said and say, yeah, absolutely. But I'm thinking, like, a comic <laughs> that no one's thought of or a way of drawing no one's thought of or, like, a way to spin a new product that no one's thought well, of. Well, but I'm talking about also the people who aren't artists and aren't writers. Like, right. I know that probably most of our listeners are. But there is probably the occasional entrepreneur out there who, um, like, they have created – I don't freaking know. Uh, oh, whatchamacallit. A, a new, like <laughs> – dog leash or something like Uh there's just something that's never really been out there before and in some ways you are solving a problem that has never been solved before Mm -hmm. and that is exciting and you finding that market and that niche is you have a leg up on all of us right assuming there's a gap that's worth seizing yeah dog leash technology is I mean that I just—it's a bad example. I don't okay. know, no, but it's, no, it's fair. No, but it's good that you—it's a good example because it's like if you really have passion about dog leashes, uh, and you—I mean, first of all, there can only be so many what types was, of ways to hold your dog back. Wait, wait, wait. What was our? No, maybe this wasn't yours and my idea, but someone I knew had an idea for like a a 
doggy daycare that was also a dog park and also like a training facility. It was like some like really funky like mashup of all these things that you have to go to different pet stores for. Uh And like just having like, oh, I think it was like um, an indoor dog park that's like a co-op. So like in states like ours, like Maine, which is super cold and it's 10 degrees out, you can take your dog to this like indoor doggy daycare, but it's not doggy daycare. It's a co-op and inside is also a coffee shop. So you can like hang out, buy coffee, Mm -hmm. let your dogs play. Everyone sort of chips in for it (laughs) like that. I've never seen anything like that. That's an example of something in the market. Side note here. My wife has got a boner for some kind of business that involves caffeine and dogs. I do. I (laughs) really want to. so hard to make it work. (laughs) I really want to open up a dog rescue that's also a coffee shop. My friend had talked about doing it and I got super excited. And then. What did you call it again? Puppuccino. Puppuccino. It can only exist in an affluent hipster area where people have more money than they know what to do with. (laughs) Well, because there are laws where it says you can serve food. Well, that's the hard part serve food with animals. But there's. The cat cafe exists. Where? In they had it in New York for a while, where like they had rescue cats that you could go and like you buy a coffee and then you can like go into the the yeah. cat rescue. Did it have a separate a wall? And they also had like, it in Japan, I the, think. The, um, but I mean, is it is there a partition like the cafes over here? I've never I there, never went, and, you can't and I really through, wanted to. And you need I don't to know. have like you know go to a clean room and get all the. I'm sure off. someone out there has been to the cat cafe because right. it was like in brooklyn no, I think. it's a great idea but it doesn't matter how much you love cats and coffee it's a chance that your town in ohio might the industry might not support this idea and it doesn't matter how i passionate disagree car <laughs> some ideas it doesn't matter that you're passionate it just won't fit the economy there's no demand outside of you it's too specific i don't know i don't I think don't this agree. is that I, no i can see a cat cafe working i think that for most ideas, it, you know, it might be a very niche idea, but I think you'd be surprised at how many audiences there are out there. Like how, right. if you can find the audience, great. But some ideas are just dumb, and there is no audience for it. I've also talked you about just die in the vine. I've also talked about a shiwi that is disposable that you can use during half marathons, oh so that girls don't have to sit down in those awful porta potties so every that, time you have to pee. So that girls can write their names in snowbanks just as effectively as men. No, it's not that. It's like we have to sit on these disgusting porta potties during a, a half marathon or a marathon where you're sweaty as hell. Well, let me tell you the problem is we don't teach cursive writing anymore, so knowing how to write with one stream of thought is kind of a dying Jesus. Art. Anyway, so moving on. Um, creating a solid plan and the time management to do to start enacting right. your passion into your career. Whether that time management you have is that you can dedicate 20 hours a week mm-hmm. or if you're only at one hour a day for the first year or so. Right. Um, but like setting down and having your schedule prepped and, and knowing realistically what that schedule allows you to do. Right. Um, I think that's a really big part of it. But you agree that there has to be realistic demand. Do I? Yes, you have to. <laughs> I do agree. I do. I do. But I also think that the term realistic is very flexible because. It's fine. So, a giant corporation, sorry to interrupt you. A giant corporation doesn't think it's worth backing you for your puppuccino. Let's, so, Starbucks doesn't want to give you money for puppuccino because they're like, that's crazy. You might find a way to get that done in your town. But to make it a franchise type of thing, it's like, you got to get realistic. Well, you might not ever be Starbucks, but. Are you are you solving a problem for a niche of people? Like there are lots of products out there that 
aren't going to appeal to you and me, mm-hmm. but there is still an audience for them. And I think that that's the key is knowing right. who your client is. Right. Because that client is probably out there. And it might be a small group. It might be a smaller group than you once thought. But right. it doesn't mean you can't make a living on that. Because well, So if, if there's – if the small group of people are interested in this, then the question is, great, do they all live in the same town? Just go with Puppuccino for a second. Mm-hmm. Do they all so people have a need for this? Great. Are they all in Portland, Maine? No. Well, then it won't work. Okay. Are they all in Portland, Maine? Yes. Now, do they have the money for it? No. Well, now the idea dies. Do they have the money for it? Yes. I mean, it's like. But do they have the money couple... for what? A cup of coffee? Because people can literally come in, and like mm. I think part of what I believe, like in my soul of people who want to turn their passions into careers, mm-hmm. is. If you are researching the market and it's not quite fitting, the puzzle pieces aren't quite fitting together, I don't think that means to give up on that. I think that means you move the goalposts somehow. Agreed. So if you're noticing that, okay, people don't have the money to come in and adopt a dog every day, like they're, and I don't want people solely (laughs) coming to this puppuccino for lack of a better example. (laughs) I think this is a great example. (laughs) I don't want people coming to puppuccino only when they have to adopt a dog. I want this to be a community building place and I want this to be their go-to feel-good coffee shop. Right. And I want this to be the place that they think of on Saturdays. When they need a coffee When they need a coffee and on top of getting a coffee, they can watch a dog get a home to someone else right because that's just as fulfilling for me as a client like if i'm the ideal client for that which p.s i am the ideal client for that so this is is a good nonprofit idea but no i think it's a good pro it's if you can make a profit on a a regular fucking coffee shop you can make a profit on a coffee shop that's also Mm -hmm. a dog rescue or a cat rescue or a coffee shop that's also I don't know, a comic book store. Like there Don't drag me my my industry into this. <laughs> there idea. are ways. We don't want a part of this. My my point is I think that there is always a way to make this work for a demand once you start doing your research. Right. You might have to shift what what you're offering to your clients and right. knowing what your ideal client wants and fulfilling that. Like this is where I do get very passionate because Yeah. I don't I I just don't condone like giving up on something you're passionate about unless you want to give like unless you're truly just like over it and you're done but don't right. give up because it gets hard. No, That's, I'm not saying that. Yeah. So you said move the goalposts. Yeah, like don't stop I the agree. dream, move the goalposts. Sometimes you need to throw away the goalpost and get a and new goalpost. And make goal a new post. one? <laughs> yes, and make a new goalpost. That's different. Maybe. Sometimes, yeah. Not every idea is destined to succeed. There's, you can't spin everything. There's, there's Sometimes things need to die on the vine and go away. No, I mean, you look at Steve Jobs. Even he had some stinker ideas. Right. I don't know what they were, but I'm sure he did. <laughs> Sorry, now I'm thinking of his stinker ideas. I know he had some. <laughs> of Shit. course. I, 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 I remember too... reading an article once about like some of his... <laughs> Like foibles in the beginning. Yeah. Like everyone has an idea that you scrap. Right. But I. But the overall passion that you have doesn't need to be scrapped just because the idea was wrong for the goal. Right. And like if Puppuccino was not quite right for the market, there is a way to make that work for the market. One hundred percent. You need to copyright Puppuccino. Puppuccino. Like right now, just copywritten by Katana Collins. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's the next step? Okay. 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 Let's see. So I think another big step is the launch of your product or your service and finding a way to launch that um, establishes excitement and creates a buzz Mm -hmm. because 
quiet launches, you're probably not going to make money off of. And if your goal is to turn it into into a career and to make money, you need to mm-hmm. have an exact strategy for how you launch and announce it from the rooftops. Right. A lot of people I know in my industry could use some more of that. They, I would love to believe that writing a good comic or being a good artist is enough to sell a book. And it's you. The nature is the nature of most creators is I just want to make my thing. I want to stick my head in the sand, and I want people to just pay for it, and I want the checks to come, and I want to just be left alone to some degree. That's great, but if you have the gene that allows you to get out there and to market to do a successful launch or whatever, you're going to be better for it because in today's society, you know, social media and all the white noise that we're all you know experiencing every day. It's not enough for your idea to be good. You need to sell it and spin it and get it in people's mm-hmm. faces in a right way. You know, yeah. It's not enough to be to be the next Herman Melville. Yeah, and again, I think that <laughs> what? Cut. Next wow. Herman okay. <laughs> yeah, that is a deep cut. Herman Melville in the Quitter Strips. <laughs> Worst punk band ever. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what is the song called? Whale Tail. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> oh boy. So. I completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> Her- Herman Melville and the Whale Tales. <laughs> oh, no. Brilliant. Oh, my God. It's like a, a oh, Robert God. Palmer type of video where it's Herman Melville singing a bunch of girl <laughs> guitars. <laughs> Robert Palmer, right? I don't know who that is. The lights are on, but no one's home. Oh. You're mine. Remember those videos? Vaguely, very yeah, vaguely. Robert Palmer. Anyway, okay, so again, (laughs) launching, finding the way to strategically launch your product, your business, your book, whatever it is that your passion is. Um, And this is something that goes back to planning and strategizing because if you are not good at a launch process, Mm -hmm. one of the things you might have to save up for and invest in is someone Someone to help you with that. Yeah, because it is an important integral part of any business. Yeah. and why do I keep fucking forgetting what I'm gonna say? Thinking of the whale. I'm tales. getting like too. I'm getting like too excited because I get so excited about business stuff. <laughs> why are you? Just side sidebar for a second. Why are you? So, what do you love more? Writing books and having people experience books, or researching marketing ideas and following through with. No, I do. I love writing more than I love marketing. Um, marketing is still so new to me though. And it's in some ways I, I keep reading about writing and I keep learning about craft and learning more and more and more. But for the most part, when I learn about writing, I, it's all kind of reworded lessons I already know. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm, I've already read these things and I, it's always still learning about them, but there's nothing, there've been no new breakthroughs, but business, social media, marketing, that kind of thing whether it's because I'm still so new at it or whether it's because social media is always changing is there are always these like aha moments happening that I've never known or heard of or Mm -hmm. learned before. And I think that's the difference of why I get excited about social media and marketing because it's so new to me versus writing. I've been studying for so long that I haven't learned too much that's new. How come a lot of creative types, artists, writers, whatever, they, they're not just, it's not that they're not good at that stuff. They also seem to be adamantly opposed to it as if, if it's selling out. It, or, well, I was going to say, I think a lot of people see it as selling out. Why? Because mm. it sometimes. 
It's like they're resentful that marketing works. Well, and I wonder, I don't know. I mean, I can't answer that. I can't speak for other people. I do think that sometimes there's a feeling of if you're not putting all of your effort solely into your craft, mm-hmm. that you're not a true artist. Right. And I think that that might be some of what that feeling is for some people. Right. Um, is like if you're not just immersive into your writing and just writing the best book possible, the best book possible should just sell. Mm-hmm. And I wish that was true, but it's it's just not. Yeah. That's just not how life works. It's not how our world is right now. Right. Um, and I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I think it's a mix of things. One is a lot of creators are introverts. So the idea of going out there and selling is not in their nature. Two, a lot of artists are anti the the man Mm -hmm. the corporations and the corporations and i'm doing air quotes right now that you can't (laughs) um they hire marketing people and it feels insulting to think that you can be sold something that you don't want but it's true marketing is like psychology (laughs) and there's a reason why super bowl commercials work or whatever i mean it's it sucks you want to think that quality is all you need but it's not true. And I think every artist generally knows that because yeah. there's usually an artist or writer out there who's, who you think sucks, but they're making way more money right. and doing way better than you are. And it, it kills you. And well, we talked about this last time too. Like if you acknowledge marketing and you get into that world, you have to start. It's not black and white. It's very gray and gray is complicated. And a lot of artists who want to just, you know, put their head in the sand. It's not a formula that they want to understand or yeah. know, you know. We talked about this, I think, last time, oh, okay. where we said letting, like, not letting the jealousy get the better of you mm, when yeah. other people are, are successful and you're still struggling. Yeah. Like, it's really easy to let that eat you alive. Yeah. And that, fe- especially what you're speaking about, where it's like someone is, you, in your opinion, their craft is not good or right. their product is shit. Right. Um, and letting their success just anger you i i am a firm believer in blowing out someone else's candle does not make yours burn brighter nice and like i i it feels good though to blow out the candle (laughs) (laughs) we're all all petty this is how different we are um no one blow out someone's candle like once a year no (laughs) i i just i think that there is truly room in the market for everyone and like for from the the best, most commercial, popular book to the most niche literary, or even in my industry, to the most niche like erotic right. literature, like the dinosaur erotica that sells like right. hotcakes. Like, yeah, there's just there is something for everyone. And like, if someone had, when someone told me years ago that there was dinosaur erotica, I was like, no, no, like there's right. no way there's an audience big enough for that. And these writers make a shit ton of money. Right. So Wasn't it, like, boned by the brontosaurus or something. I know that there was one like taken, taken by, by the, the pterodactyl. pterodactyl. Yeah, I think Ooh. that was the name of it. But so there's, I mean, there's tons ravaged of those books. by the Velociraptor. Something like that. I don't know. Ravaged by the T Rex. I, I don't know. But it's it's a thing, and it's a thing that sells. Teased by the T Rex. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my whole point is simply that these things are necessary, and you either need to find a way to budget for them, um, to where you or learn about them so that you can do it yourself. Good. I agree, and I, your your approach is much more positive than mine. I'm more I of know. like ev- evolution. Story of our lives. Like some stuff dies and it should. Some stuff successful. Like let the let capitalism take place. Like I, I'm very more. I'm, I'm a lot more cutthroat. 
Um, I think part of being successful is recognizing a, a dead end, a bad idea, yeah, that's part and of it. walking away. I think knowing a bad bet. When you see or one. like I said before, restructuring right. how something is framed. You don't take a bad bet and just throw it away. You think about how it could be a good bet and you put it in a book. Like, you maybe make it work. Like, <laughs> Is that my voice? Positivity. <laughs> like, dude, just let it go. Let it die. Sometimes, yes. Yeah, sometimes just let it die. Right. Absolutely. There are times to, to let go of something, but I also think that there is value in looking at what went wrong. Totally. Dissecting why it went wrong. Yes. And if the why can be determined by mm -hmm. the audience. We missed the mark on the audience. Right. And I bet we could redo this and now, hit the right mark. Now you're speaking my language, sister. So like that's I that is where I'm like, I think so often we have people who just give up on an idea. Right. And it's no, like that you shouldn't have given up on that idea. You just it just was done wrong. Right. You can redo this and and come back stronger. Right. And like I went um a friend of mine who was a big editor, uh he once said pirate comics don't sell and i hmm. said well pirates of the caribbean at the time was selling so you know and that I doesn't make of, sense yeah. yeah like so what you're but all i heard was no pirate comics could sell but they're, they're being done poorly mm. like anything can sell if you spin it the right way like yeah. black sales is one of our favorite shows oh, and, so good yeah so my, my editor just had it in his head, like, pirates don't sell, period. And he wasn't even willing to revisit that. And yep. I thought, like, mm, that's short-sighted. For the means... longest time, I heard that time travel romance is awful and no one reads it and everyone hates it. Nobody it's wants not, it. It's not true. Yeah. Outlander. There's a way. Outlander. Yeah. <laughs> like You need to spin it time properly. Time travel romance. But corporations yeah. love to shut the door on these things because it makes their life easier. They can go, all right, we're not going to focus on time travel romance because it's a waste of time. Boom. We're not, let's focus. So they their time is valuable, and they I can see why they would turn those ideas down and try to build rules around what they think is happening. Yeah. But as a freelancer who is into guerrilla marketing and can sort of assess success quicker than these large mm -hmm. corporations, maybe there is an avenue to do a time travel romance they are not getting. There's a right. way to sell to give away shirts to promote at a show or blah 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 blah. Yeah. There's, yeah, I'm all I think about that, that I understand what you're saying of like sometimes you do just have to nix a project and start over. Right. But I do think that people tend to nix too soon. Corporation. Okay. Yeah. Like I think I think quitting a project and starting a new one is easier. Right. Than looking at so, what went wrong. Right. And fine tuning it because. So I, I go ahead. I'm sorry. Just cutting you off. It's okay. Um, <laughs> I I had a book that. For I self-published, and for years, this book made no money. It was just... Is it a pirate book? It wasn't. It's a... It's according a, to my editor, it's a no-go. It's a puppy book. They have puppies on the cover. Puppy pirates? <laughs> um, and it was a series. I had two books in the series, and everyone told me that you only are ever supposed to market the first book in a series. Don't bother marketing the second book in your series. And for years, these books made me, like, you know, chump change. Like, it was a mm -hmm. little bit cashier on the side, but my money came from my publisher books. And then one day, I was like, you know what? I'm going to learn Facebook ads. Everyone's telling me Facebook ads are dead. They mm -hmm. don't work. Um, and I'm just going to do it. And I'm going to put an ad out from the second book in my series, which has dogs on the cover. Right. And... That book now outsells every other book I've ever written. Mm. And it's the second book in a series. Like, it doesn't make sense. By all the rules of marketing, that book should not be the one that sells. That book should not be the Facebook ad that works. Mm -hmm. But it is. And right. if I had listened to other people, I never would have found that. Right. 
So I just think like, and I also could have looked at those books, which for three years made me barely any money. And I could have said, you know, I'm just going to give up on these and write another book. Well, I think what's happened is like obvious marketing is so obvious that the corporations usually jump on it. Of course, you should buy ad space on the side of a highway. Of course, you should, you know, buy TV time or whatever. But all those ideas are so picked through. And they're so expensive. Like to get an ad on Facebook, mm-hmm. I mean, it. but if you can print T-shirts at a show for cheap and give them to like 10 people who enthusiastically represent you for free, and that's enough to get the ball ro- That's grassroots marketing, which mm-hmm. is inexpensive. And like that's the stuff that they miss. And the reason that grassroots marketing or guerrilla marketing works is because mainstream marketing has been picked through. But there's gaps right. in grassroots marketing that right. haven't been exploited. Right. And a corporation is less likely to see them. Yep. But a freelancer with someone who's like a marketing grad who's got creative ideas, but not you know they're not part of the system yet, mm-hmm. that I can see, that's kind of what I'm picturing when we talk about this stuff. Yeah. That's why grassroots marketing works, because these silly ideas tend to work if you spin it the right way. Yeah. And I would say, so the last thing I think that is the the tip I would give for if you're launching your new business or you're turning your passion into your career is I think you should put together a mastermind of people. Right. Like Sorry. and Sean is pouring more scotch. That was not <laughs> that was not a bottle with cork in it. Um he, that's, that's I'll only, wait. I'll wait. That's like one finger, right? <laughs> that's it's still a big pour, man. The like, bottom of the glass is concave. There's okay. not much in there as you would think. <laughs> You asked me if I thought it was a big pour. Anyway, I think that uh, for my last tip, it would be finding a group of people that you can brainstorm with that you all help each other. And I wouldn't I wouldn't have this be a big group of people. I would have it be four, maybe five, yeah. six tops. But you don't even have to be in the same industry. In fact, sometimes it's better to not be in the same industry if you're yeah. having a mastermind yeah. because you can like – look at things from an outside perspective rather than kind of being caught in like right. a sand trap of your own community. Yeah. Um, Agreed. hundred percent. And like, so I have a critique group, which we are all writers, of course, but we write different genres and we, we, and sadly we like all moved away from each other. So we've since disbanded, but we right. all would like send chapters like once a week and we would discuss and we'd get together for coffee once a month and we'd yeah. talk about how our projects were doing and we'd critique each other's work and like yeah. it was the time that my writing was at its best right um and if you if you have a mastermind that's like social media based or you have a mastermind that's just overall business based i think that you would find i think everyone can benefit from that yeah no i think that um it's really helpful to trade ideas with people that are related to you but work in other relate other industries yeah like a friend of mine is um contractor he does uh, carpentry and he just started a business and he wants to get into high-end clients so we hired him to do our studio garage and i'm not into that stuff at all and he's not into comics at all but he can tell me his idea and i can generally say like oh that's that sounds pretty good like we're speaking a similar language even though we're in completely different industries so right for example i was like well do you have a an llc or corporation because taxes i know taxes are the same if you're a freelancer you know are you writing off what you're paying your guys yeah of course okay good i know if you get sued you know you're protected by having a corporation right 
I also know the clientele of my neighborhood. And like, if you want to work in high end, you know, the West end of Portland is like the, the nice area. Then this is what these people tend to want. Cause they're like me. And mm-hmm. if you can like, you know, communicate well, like, not leave garbage on the, the the site after you leave every day and all that like you're going to be standing out amongst the competition because mm-hmm. a lot of people in which Maine, goes back to tip number two yeah <laughs> like it's, it's not comics of course and these aren't cust- these aren't uh customers in the same way my readers are customers but the rules still apply yeah and our friend can i can run by ideas by him and he could sort of say well i could he doesn't read comics but he's like oh i can see why that would work or that wouldn't and i can look at his math the mathematics and i go yeah i could see why that would work i mean it should be and it's helpful because when i hang out with him i'm not he doesn't read comics he doesn't give a shit who i am yeah the fact that i'm you know sean murphy i'm done batman just he doesn't care care. yeah (laughs) the idea has to work whereas if i'm discussing business in at a convention well who's going to want to shoot me down because i'm sean murphy and i try to be i'll shoot you down i know you will (laughs) (laughs) that's why you keep me around (laughs) yeah but i think the the like any good like scientific theory if you if it if it stands up and it's true it should be you know impenetrable by any kind of criticism in a way and let it let's let it put it out there and see if it stands yeah so i have a mastermind on facebook that i'm a part of and there's i think five of us and it's me i'm the only writer um there's a photographer in there there is a social media marketing person in there uh i think we have like a videographer and there was who else do we have in there i think there's like um like an actor like someone who's kind of more right like she is the face of her brand right um and we never meet up because we're from different parts of the country but we just check in on facebook and we you know, we reach out if like, hey, I had this idea to do this T-shirt thing at a convention. What do you guys mm. think? And they'll they'll help me hone an idea. Yeah. And some of them, like a couple of the girls in there, are my ideal client. Like they are they are romance readers. They've yeah. read all my books. They love my books. But they didn't prior to it. It's just sort of like worked out that they are yeah. my client. Do we talk about? Sorry, do we talk about uh, ideal client? We didn't, but I almost think that's that could be a whole oh, podcast. Man, that's a whole podcast. Write that like, down. Yep freaking i love i love the ideal client the ideal client theory yep. yeah you're a little more skeptical about this theory mm-hmm. than i am maybe you've come around but when i first was describing this you were like why do you have to only choose one type of client <laughs> like why don't you want to appeal to everybody well i, I asked questions at the beginning but i i've converted yeah. i didn't yeah. agree with this so we'll get at this, yeah we'll i think that's time. a whole other podcast because yep. we're running on an hour 10 minutes right now all right um <laughs> And yeah, so I guess that that would be my my last tip and last suggestion yeah. is like get a critique group together, a mastermind, yeah, um, to help you work through some of these ideas. Yeah. So I, I remember there's one thing I forgot to mention last time we did part one of this. Okay. It was um, letting failure defeat you, mm. or letting like if you know somebody God, that's, that's hard. So I remember doing punk rock Jesus, and um, you know the sales were higher than we expected but it was still not as great as I hoped. Uh, I was making a living, but it wasn't like a blow up, like runaway living. Yeah. And I realized, you know, if I had just put this book out in 1993 and I was one of the image guys, quote unquote, and it doesn't even have to be a good book. It could just be you were at the right place at the right time. You released your creator own project and the math works in your favor. Well, that's that luck factor you had mentioned. Yeah, but it killed me. Like, I just killed myself <laughs> drawing this book about 
Jesus and atheism and science, and it's like it means a lot to me, and I drew the hell out of it, or I, I tried to, and uh, it's way more heart than some of the other stuff that, that came out. Like if I had just pub, if I had just a time machine and published this in '93 or '94, I would have been a, I'd be a millionaire right now. There might be like a cartoon on punk rock Jesus. I did the same amount of work in 2010 or 11, and I just barely got by. Like I was so pissed i was just so broken you were defeated you felt defeated yeah yeah like i'm working as hard as they did but i the the, i'm in the wrong point in history and it almost got the better of me yeah and that's the kind of thing that if you let it you let it it will it will yeah i mean and that's i feel like any anything like if i if i had gotten into the bdsm genre yeah you know, three years or four years ago when Fifty Shades came out, man, right. I could have been, I could have been a millionaire. And right. I, it's, yeah, it's not a helpful mindset. It's not. It doesn't go in. Because no. I, I called a, a handful of friends during that time and I was like, because they were working on creator own stuff for IDW or whatever. And I'm like, dude, do you know, like imagine if this was 1994 and your <laughs> book, the same exact line for line, word for word, same exact book, but it happened to have like an image label on it and you were one of the top six or seven people. You'd be a millionaire. You have a Ferrari in your driveway right now. You wouldn't be sweating your bills on how to pay for your gas or whatever. Like, doesn't that piss you off? And every, this is on the phone, and every person that was, you just hear silence. You're like, fuck. (laughs) I was just pissing them off. But you can't let it stop you. Yeah. I mean, it's, you, there are things that are always going to be out of your control. Yeah. And again, you can let it defeat you and let it, yeah. be the thing that makes you quit your passion right or you can dissect it and right. look at like realistically what can you do to yeah. make that number grow you, you have a yeah so uh, and it's hard that's the hardest thing and i would actually say like you can let yourself wallow like you so can let yourself be sad wallow with for your, a bit wa- so wallow for a bit yep. wallow with your friends try not to wallow on social media no no yeah um and don't let it get the best of you i mean if someone else does well Take the high road and congratulate them. Don't oh, yeah. get angry of course. that they're doing better than you. Like what my, what I described before with Punk Rock Jesus and not making as much money, that's basically a math problem. The math is that it's 2011 and not 1994. It's just numbers. And I, I, I know that artists don't usually trade in numbers. But <laughs> to me, like it makes it a lot more digestible. It's just, hey, man, it's just not the right time for you. It's fine everyone deals with ups and downs if you let it defeat you then you're certainly not going to succeed the best plans have the best plan b mm. like plan a was great but plan a failed go to plan b and yeah. that was one of the things i learned about success is like the best plan you have has a good second plan or a good plan b yeah i remember buying a book about it was like a choose your own adventure that they give to tank people that drive tanks in the military and uh, if anyone is in the military and you're a tanker you probably have this book and it was basically like a tanking 101 and it was a choose your own adventure it was not so you're going what into a, the fuck sorry <laughs> no it's okay keep I read going. This book. i'm just like what so is happening you have 50 tanks do you want to send 50 tanks all by themselves all around this country or do you want to break them up into pairs of two or do you want to have two giant groups of tanks of like you know 25 tanks each and as you kept choosing you would flip through the book and this is what the military used to read for tankers i don't know if it's still being used but i read Weird. this whole thing and i got it i aced it the first time through Wow. Usually you have to reread it a few times to learn your mistakes. And what I learned from it was the best plan was break your t- 
50 tanks into pairs of two. Because mm. if you had a one t single tank out there and it got attacked and there was no support, then you were screwed. Those guys are going to die. If you had two tanks in groups close to each other, if something went wrong, you could rely on reinforcements relatively quickly. Mm -hmm. So the best plan meant what your the best plan is had the best plan B. Yeah, had a backup plan. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. And again, like going back to the whole feeling defeated and like other people's success getting the best of you, it, let yourself mourn it if you've right. not had a good launch or not if you've had a bad media. week. No, no, mourn I'm not talking friends. about social media. I'm talking yeah. about like let yourself have the glass of whiskey and yeah. maybe cry a little. Yeah, talk and to your friends, go out. This is night. what the mastermind is for too. Like you can go to your mastermind and just, you know, once say, I can I just vent for a minute because yeah. I've had a rough day. Right. And like that's kind of what they're there for as well. They're yeah. emotional support as well as the the business support. Right. And let yourself wallow, but not for too long. Yeah. Don't. And don't let yourself be mad at someone else for their success. Like it's so easy to fall into that bitterness. Yeah. And it's just not helpful. It'll eat you alive. Yeah. And like, and it's it's a challenging thing to not feel that bitterness. Right. Um, and to truly feel happy for another person's success yeah. when you are not necessarily there yet yourself is right. very challenging. Yeah. Being happy for someone else's success is it's the right thing to do as a human. It's It looks good on social media, let's be honest. <laughs> but, I'm not I mean, looking at it from a social media. I'm thinking like... It. Even if you're upset, you just say you're not upset until you believe it. You That's the way to be. You have to try to be happy for people around you. And I, like, I'm even taking social media out of this. Pretend that okay. social media doesn't exist for a hot second. If you can look in the mirror and really feel happy that someone else in your industry is having success even when you're not and looking at it from a perspective of if they're having success it means that I can have success too right that there's the potential for me to have that success right and it's a matter of time and finding the right equation and like someone else's success means that a door is open for you mm -hmm. and if you can think of it like that rather than letting it eat you alive that right. they're successful and I'm not uh, like that to me is the key like don't focus on the fact that you're not Right. Focus on you're not yet. Yeah. That's good. I like it. It's a good podcast. <laughs> Finally. No, I think we got some humor in there. We, we <laughs> argued a bit, but it was civil and we get to. Well, we tend to disagree. Yeah. On questions. certain things. Yeah. It's good. Good podcast. All right. I We're going. It's a long one, man. We're like an hour and 20 minutes. So okay. I feel like we should wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> finish. Finish your scotch. Go ahead and wrap it up. Um. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, not sure what our next episode is going to be yet. It's going to be about uh, ideal client. Yeah, I was well. I was wondering if we should break up the whole. Like we're doing a lot of business chat lately, but we oh, could. Yeah. We could do ideal client. Can we get topics from people. Like tell us what. Yeah, you actually, to talk we about. had someone write in a topic, and I forget what they said. I have yeah. it somewhere. Cool. <laughs> Their idea. Um, and you can follow us on Instagram. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Um, we're not on as Talk Flirty to me. We're just on as our human name like i'm katana collins sean is sean is katana collins your human name or is it calling katana but i'm katana collins on instagram <laughs> and katana is my human name like yes that is my name fucker name. <laughs> oh, not my borg name your borg name <laughs> my borg name like star trek borg yeah okay they're in a star trek joke how does that make sense 
I, it doesn't because I don't know Star Trek. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm not like a number. I'm not like assigned a number. Oh, all right. Now, okay. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> how, how am I the one drinking? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had anything to drink. Not even water today. Um, so yeah, follow us on social media. If you have a topic idea, write it in. Um, you can also email talkflirtytomepodcast at gmail.com for topic ideas. Sounds good. Yeah. Have good. a great day, guys. We'll see you soon. Talk to you soon. Hear from you soon. Whatever. <laughs> Herman Melville and the Whale Tales. Talk flirty to me. Talk.